The Sound of Freedom, a movie starring Jim Caviezel, being promoted by Mel Gibson. You might remember the two working together in The Passion of the Christ. Mel Gibson was the director. Jim Caviezel played Jesus in that movie. This new movie is out, and the mainstream media isn't talking about it. Hollywood isn't promoting it, and the critics are bashing it. Why is that? It's a movie about trying to stop child sex trafficking. You would think that it would be met with more support, but it's not. We're going to venture down the road of conspiracy theory. We're going to analyze some of the things that people are saying about the movie. We're going to analyze some things that Mel Gibson has said in the past. And we're also going to give our commentary about Hollywood in general based off of some stories we've heard and some things we've experienced. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about here on the show, please share it with them. We're on all podcast platforms. So, I haven't seen the movie yet, The Sound of Freedom. You're actually about to go see it soon. Yeah. And as we were in pre-production and we didn't necessarily have a topic ready to go, you brought up a video from Mel Gibson talking about some strange things that he's experienced being in Hollywood. Yeah. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Now, from the Alex Joneses, the uh, different people that are labeled conspiracy theorists, we have heard that Hollywood is rife with pedophilia. We've heard that it, that it's it's all up and through there, and I don't know if it is or if it isn't, but. I will say that the way they seem to be trying to suppress this movie, it, it, it raises some questions. Yeah. And then also, I find it interesting how, again, we see the, the, the juxtaposition between the audience score, which as we record this episode on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score for this movie is 99 <laughs> and the critic score is 76, which isn't horrible. So 76 isn't horrible, but that's still, I would say, a significant contrast. It is. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It's crazy because 
the movie I heard of it. I I heard of it before it came out through Twitter. I've heard rumblings of it. Like yeah. basically, I I didn't know I've it was never a movie. even seen a trailer for it. Or Me anything. neither. And that's the thing. I thought it was documentary on child sex trafficking. So I was like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, whatever happened to that? Like, and then Mel Gibson had like talked about it, and I'm like, damn, Mel Gibson's talking about this shit. So then, so then uh, this morning, I'm like. Well, whatever happened to the that documentary? So I'm looking it up, and then it's an actual movie, and it it, it came out July fourth. From now, from, from July fourth, six days in, it's made forty million. Wow! It's like an unlikely box office hit, like a summer block, like well, not blockbuster, but a summer hit, like yeah. a box office hit. Out of nowhere, I never saw any trailer for it. I never. So then, so I'm like, "What the fuck? What, what is this?" So then I, I start looking it up more. I start seeing all these articles talking shit about it. But then when I look at Rotten Tomatoes, I see 99, percent like you said. And then I'm like, "I gotta see this movie. I have to see this movie because now, now I'm, I'm too, I'm too into the rabbit hole. Like, yeah. And obviously, like, there's something with the audiences that they're like, they're loving this movie, and so I want to see it. Um, seventy six percent, like you said, it's it's uh, certified fresh, but it's not. It definitely ain't no ninety nine percent. Yeah. So so it is a a, a a stark contrast. Not to mention, that's just the critics, but the articles that that you were reading in pre production, like uh, like from Rolling Stones, uh, uh, they call <clears throat> they called it um, uh. It, it basically it's a movie for dads with brain worms, you know. Yeah. So very something that that's uh, very demeaning to somebody that would like the movie, and then they say, "Oh, it's for people that believe in QAnon," and 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 then then they go on in the article to 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 delegitimize Jim Caviezel's uh, acting as oh he's most known for being tortured in the Passion of the Christ like <laughs> like not for playing Jesus or anything like that just for like being tortured that's that's what the movie was about yeah you know um so it, it's not just like critiques like that they say a lot because all of this and you're not even really like delving into the technicality of the movie you're not really like giving like a technical critique of the movie like oh some of the editing was wonky the writing wasn't consistent to me that would be like okay well like those are legit like movie criticisms yeah. but like basically what you're doing is like like ad hominem attacks like you're yeah. just like attacking it for something that like you're 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 not attacking the integrity of the movie. You're yeah. just attacking like the people that are involved or like the people that you think would yeah. like the movie. But where are the technical criticisms? Because that's yeah. your job as a movie critic. Yep. It's not it's not the oh well this is the movie for for these type of people. Oh maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But you as a movie critic, that's yeah. not your job. Sounds more of a shaming tactic than yeah. anything. And it's funny because now that you say that, one one critic that I was like, wow, this motherfucker like actually thinks it was pretty good. The drinker, uh, what is it? The critical drinker? Yeah, yeah. The critical drinker. He's like, this was a surprise. 
it's it, it deserves like the attention it's getting. The acting was on point. Um, the what you saw in the movie when when like the the CIA agents would see certain things with child trafficking, their acting was so good that you could feel like the uneasiness of it. Yeah. But they did a good job of not cheapening it by over exploiting it. Yeah. Like so so this is a man who's breaking it down. On a technical aspect, exactly the acting the the cinematography, uh, is it worth He's the doing attention? His job getting? as a movie critic, exactly, yeah. And so th- that just convinced me more. I was like, oh, well, I, now I want to see it. it. It's like it, it's like for instance, like one of the 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 best examples I could give, like critiquing a movie that may not necessarily be for me, but. From a technical aspect, if I was to do a review on this movie, I wouldn't have a lot of bad things to say about it. Is that movie Atonement? Yeah. It's like from a technical aspect, if I'm doing a review about it, I could be like, all right, this is like not really a movie for me. But I'm not going to deride the type of people that might like this movie. No, because my job as a critic is not to do that. My job is to say, no, James McAvoy did a great ass job acting. Keira Knightley did a great ass job acting. The cinematography is great. The camera work is great. The editing is great. The writing is consistent. Like that's it. It's not like my cup of tea, but but it's but this is what the movie is, and this is what it gives you. Yeah, yeah. that's that that's what a, a movie critic should do. And so then you start to think, all right, well, then maybe there's an agenda, and maybe these people are told to have a to to write their review with a certain tone. Yeah. And then if that's the case, then you start to ask yourself, well, why? Yeah. And then you start to go into like the, the rabbit hole of conspiracy theory. And like you said something that I thought was pretty interesting in pre-production. You said how you've noticed some of the greats like Mel Gibson and Kanye being that Hollywood lifestyle and then you find them at some point in their career divert to Christ. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, you know, Mel Gibson, big time pinnacle, wins best director. His movie wins best picture for Braveheart. And then at some point divert to to the passion of the Christ, which is definitely not a Hollywood, a typical Hollywood movie. Yeah. Yeah, and like it's crazy because they both succeeded in, in in that regard. Like they were like, you know what? I'm gonna go anti everything else, and it's gonna be off the wall, in the sense that this is not what Hollywood is about. This is not what the music industry is about. And I'm gonna go platinum. And I'm gonna well with with Kanye and with Mel Gibson is I'm gonna be a box office hit, and it was. And so that to me, it's like that's kind of a powerful thing when you have a passion project. And it comes from you. And a lot of it, like, see, because I went to the Kanye. Man, I wish I could look up the. Um, so so, when I went to the Kanye listening party, there was a lot of songs that weren't there. that Or that were there that, that, that he had because he was working still on the album. But there was a song called L.A. Monster. It wasn't like the greatest song. But, like, the lyrics did resonate because it reminded me of, like, that shit that Mel Gibson said in that video, which we'll, we'll cover. But, like, this is, like, the intro. Um, 
Actually, I'll, I'll do the intro and the chorus. I'll, I'll read it. I'm not going to sing it. But, like, I think someone did, like, a cover of it on mm-hmm. YouTube, which I, I recommend people. And I was actually kind of sad that LA Monster didn't make the album. Mm-hmm. I just felt that even though it wasn't, like, the most sonically amazing song, um, I felt that the lyrics spoke a lot. So this is a, a song that didn't make the Jesus King album. It's the ugliest nightmare born from the prettiest dreams. Millions of people trying to get on the scene. And everyone selling their souls. Everyone selling their... Everyone saying they woke. But they sleep walking dead, eyes closed. L.A. Monster. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Lord, save these people. They asleep. They let... Satan run the streets Lord save us from LA Monster mm-hmm. And I was like what the Because f-? when I heard that That kind of made me realize What he was about with the al- What the album was about yeah. And like what he was trying to do Like he was trying to juxtapose Where rap is now And I'm going to be the total opposite of that Yeah, And like that and literally so, And it's a rejection of the, the the typical lifestyle yes in the heart of where it happens la hollywood and and what we were talking about in pre-production was when we went when we went we went to i forgot was it for it was for podcasting or was it for music because i mean we, we do we, we, we do it been, all we've been a few times but um this one might have been for the music yeah and uh we had went just to kind of see uh it was like a writer's it was, was it an ascap ASCAP, yeah. yeah. ASCAP uh, convention. And, and actually, it was, as a convention, it was very, it was filled with a lot of information and a lot of good information. Yeah. So I won't talk shit about that in that aspect because, like, there was a lot of good stories, a lot of, like, shit that we and, learned. And for people that don't know what ASCAP is, it's a performing for performance rights organization. So basically... Like when you do music and you're like at somewhat serious level as as we have been, where like our our music is copyrighted, it's on streaming services, and in our case, we own our own masters. Performance rights organizations are basically there to supplement support for like making sure you get your royalties, and then and then you also pay a fee to join. It's a membership fee. And as a result of the membership fee, you know, they provide stuff like this. I mean, the convention we had to pay for, but I mean, you get so much good information from independent artists, people that have been famous that, you know, from the old school to like the new school, all all type of stuff. So that's just a little bit of a backdrop of of what what that is. Yeah. And and, and as a convention... I really did take a lot from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, I mean, there were books that were recommended that I ended up buying. And yeah. Like, uh, absolutely. And, and a lot of stuff that that I remember. And, and stuff that I felt was, like, a- applicable to the podcast as well. Yes. Yeah, so it, very good information. But with that being said, see, this is people, like, we're very strong-minded guys. But a lot of the people, a lot of the ambient or ambience of the of, of the of the area and the way people operated, it felt like a lot of people were like lost and like wayward a little bit. And yeah. the, the, the not not like over, like you could see it, but it was like it was the energy. It, mm-hmm. it, I don't know how to explain it because like sometimes it, 
when when you when you're around people, you feel energies. You feel like the the ambiance of the place, and you're like, this is what this place is. Whether it's like when someone's talking to you and you know that it's superficial because all they want to do is take a picture with you on IG because this guy might blow up. I might have a picture. It's like, I don't care if I talk to Kanye or Eminem or Dr. Dre. Like, okay, yeah, we could take a picture, but I'm more interested in like the experience of talking to this person. Like, face to face and like... What do they have to say? Yeah, having a real organic like moment that doesn't have to do with pictures. That's why a lot of the times... Um, shit, I kind of kick myself because, like, a lot of times when I have, like, moments, like, not, not not with famous people, but just with people, I don't take pictures. But I'm so involved in yeah the moment that I forget to take a picture. Yeah. Unless you take a picture of me or my mom takes a picture of me, I don't think about that. That's typically how I am. Yeah. Too. Yeah, you're worse than me because, like, sometimes it's like, I'm like... You're like, yeah, I'm here. Let's let's go. We're on a concert. I don't need to take videos. Like, at least I'll take a video or two. But like, you're worse than me. So it's like, wh- but that's, I think what it is is that we just we're like there in the moment, experiencing it. It's real. Yeah. It's like this is real. Fuck IG, fuck Twitter, fuck Facebook. Nobody needs to know I was here. And also, you'll never really be able to relive the moment, even in a picture. So like, what? Like, I, I feel like pictures are good for, like, like family, you know what I'm saying? Like, family yeah. and friends, because it's like, oh, you know, you look back, it's like how young we were, or, like, this moment with my mom or dad, or, like, that's, that I I, I think is, is good to do. Yeah. But in moments like that, where it's just like, let me take a video of this concert I'm at, a video that I probably myself will never rewatch, because it, like, it'll never live up to, like, what's in my mind. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I don't ever think that people are really going to give a fuck on the internet that much. So it's just let me just enjoy the moment and yeah. and absorb it, and that's it. And and like like for instance, when we went to the uh, when me you and Donnell went to the the Donda listening party, yeah, greatness. And that's like a that was a one time thing. Like yes. that never happened. It wasn't like a tour. Like this was happening city to city yeah. to city. That was. A one-time thing, and it never happened again. Yeah. And that was great. That was great. <laughs> that was like that moment where Pusha T says, where were you when Big Meech brought the Tigers in? Yeah. <laughs> where were you when Kanye we did the Donda listening Field, party? Yeah, Absolutely. So so I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. And uh, to enforce what you're saying about like people being wayward and, and whatnot, I don't know if I would say... wayward it, it, it did give a feeling of of that it, it did but what i would say is that the level of naivety that, yes. that the people possess you could tell that they were so naive that they were susceptible to going down a wayward path so yeah. they them that them they may not be wayward as it currently stands, yeah. but they definitely have the proclivity to do it because of the way that they operate. Yeah. And you start to reject the unrealistic attitudes 
you know, because it's, it's just like, oh, well, yeah, because, you know, I'm going to be, like, signed in, like, in, like, like a year I'll be signed or whatever. Like, because, yeah. like, it would be people that would talk like that. And then you'd be like, oh, like, do you have, and then they wouldn't have music on Spotify yeah. or Apple Music. It's like, yeah, like, I, I think I could get into Interscope. But it's just like, what are you talking about right now? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're you're naive and you're unrealistic and you notice people that are naive and unrealistic, they tend to have a yen for like mysticism. Yes. You notice that? Yeah. Like like they're into like the the well, you see it a lot with women like like astrology and like all of that stuff and, yeah. and stuff like that. And it's just like it's just like, no, yeah, bro, you just gotta feel it and like you know it's gonna happen. It's just like, well, you got to feel it and you, you got to put in a lot of work and you got to do a lot of reading and you got to yeah. do a lot of not partying and you got to do a lot of saving money yeah. and you got to work because you got to buy studio time and you got to work because you got to pay for your copyrights and you got to do all this stuff that we were already doing and these people like had like no idea of it. Yeah. And when when you have put in the work you tend to you tend to reject and and, and a, a perfect example of of that LA monster that that Kanye is talking about and how it eats people up and whatnot is like I remember for a brief time we tried hiring a manager a music manager yes and you and I are so based and so I don't know what the opposite of naive is, but we're so the opposite of naive and grounded and realistic and aware that we literally paid the manager, I want to say for a month or two. And like we almost instantaneously saw like this guy is providing nothing. Yeah. There are people that pay and pay and pay for years with the promise of something materializing yeah. and another materializes and we basically saw that like this guy was just gonna funnel our money to another artist. Yes. That and we That's saw what he was it, doing. And we yeah. saw it right away and we're like, nah, nah, we're 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 out. And then and it was it was um these uh real uh, re he, he wanted us to do these real redundant tasks of like, oh well you guys gotta get a logo, but we have one already. Yeah. On a website, but we have one already. Yeah. And this, but we have one already. Like everything you're telling us to do, we have one. Yeah. So we, what we need you to do is like is is be a manager from this point on, yes. not from the ground up, because we've built from the ground up. Yeah. Uh, and then we're like, yeah, this motherfucker ain't on nothing. The naive and unrealistic. Oh, this guy could be like, man, you know, I'm gonna get you guys there, and 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 I'm gonna get you guys here, and I'm gonna get you a meeting with this, and you know, and and they get eat up, they get ate up by that. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, and, and then, then they never develop any, any skill set, or any other direction in life. Yeah, you know, and 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 then you start to see a lot of them they because the what they were so focused on didn't pan out they end up going down that dark path of drugs yeah. of 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 wanting to numb themselves to the reality of like damn like this didn't work out this is the situation now and stuff like that and so you imagine a sea 
of people like that. Yeah. A sea of that. And that is the 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 sensation that you get in in LA. Like that's yeah. that's the feeling you get. It's just yeah. like it's a sea of like broken dreams and like lost lost souls. Yeah. And like damn, yeah. like you know what happened here. You know you feel it. Yeah. It's just weird. It's it's a weird feeling. I feel like anywhere that you go, you feel a certain a certain yeah. way. Like like when when we've been in like the Miami Fort Lauderdale area, like Florida as a whole, you feel like damn shit is just freer here. But at the same time, you see like the exuberance of of the Miami lifestyle too. That has a darkness to it, but it's like ah, this is lame. This party shit, whatever. It's all for show. But but like anywhere that you land, you you if you pay attention long enough and you get a feel of the ground floor, you kind of you, you kind of understand what it is yeah. here. And so that that's where LA like you do feel that. You feel that and you see it if you pay attention close. Closely. And I think ultimately what you see a lot of is godlessness. Yeah. Because because it's it's a lot of like misplaced faith. Yeah. You know, it's like faith in the wrong things because like it's like idolatry. It's just like, oh, this this industry is my god, or 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 this manager, or or this this label, or this thing I'm after has become my god, and they lose track of God, of the real God, yeah. and and I think that um, that's interesting because. Tying it back to like the whole Kanye thing and Mel Gibson thing, it, it's almost like that's what they're trying to convey to people is like is like there more God is needed, you know, in yeah. this place of godlessness and and you do see it like even down to like something as simple as like if you notice at award shows, you very rarely do you see like anybody thank God anymore. It's almost as if they're like told not to. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when they were like, you used to see it more often, yeah. but like now you rarely see it. Some of the stories, there was this dude who was saying he does makeup, um, and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, no, like there's people who get invited to like weird parties. You know, like I've seen some weird shit happen. I was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. But, but just the vibe of even those parties was like, some weird shit is just gonna happen here. Don't don't be involved. This is from people who do like makeup, who are literally around Hollywood people out here. They get invited to these places, and it's like, and then they never want to speak of it. They just say some weird shit was popping off. I was out. I didn't yeah. like it. But like you get that, you get that from a lot of a, a lot of people that have been there too. It's like, well, what are you? What are we? What are y'all doing in these places? Like, yeah, sacrificing lambs with the like. Baby, it's weird. Like, what is going on? Then, then I remember hearing a, a story from like Bone Thugs. They were saying like they sat down with a bunch of like uh, industry heads, and they're like, "We need you guys to make this type of music because this is what we want Black America to listen to." These are motherfuckers from Bone Thug that are telling you like they told us that I, I can't say no names. Yeah, I can't say so. There's there's interviews out there from enough people, you know. You you hear how Kanye talks. You hear how Bone Thugs have talked. You hear how people in in makeup have talked. You hear how Mel Gibson talks. It's like 
what is going on? Well, I've talked to somebody that he used to work at a hotel by Wrigley. Yeah. And he was telling me that before the virus, before the virus, they had a party, a party before the virus. And like, and, and at that party, it was like, it was like, like the theme of the party was like a biohazard theme. And like, like it was like, uh, remember uh, that shit on was it Colbert where like he had like them syringes dancing and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of like shit like that, but this was like well, well before the virus. Yeah. And he said that even even the the managers of the hotel and stuff like the higher ups, they were starting to tell the employees, oh, like you should look into um into uh. Uh, unemployment and stuff like that and like you know these are like the people like this this particular hotel is like run by the people that own the cubs yeah and basically what he was suggesting is that he got the feeling that they knew about the virus like way before like that shit popped off yeah and 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 he was like that was very weird and he said like a lot of weird stuff would happen at that hotel another story he told me is like how there was one time there was like a white dude. They were like, there's like a restaurant at the hotel. There's a white dude and like an Asian little girl. And like, supposedly the white, that was like the white dude's daughter. But he said that the white dude had like a very like eerie demeanor about him. And the Asian girl looked like, like, like in a trance almost. Like if she was like drugged or like she was like zoned out. She was out. Of, and, Damn. and And he was saying that like, he got the feeling that like that girl like might be be being trafficked and yeah, and so that's weird, he said bro. that like he started to ask questions because you know like little questions like oh how old is your daughter and this and like the guy was like real standoffish and he said that that after like a certain line of questioning and like it wasn't going anywhere and the guy was real standoffish he went and like he kind of like brought it up to people like hey like you know something's kind of funny about that or whatever and he said that like the guy like like that night the guy like they had the room booked for like two more days and that night the guy checked out. Damn. Yeah, you know it's just like stuff like that where that shit's weird. Bro. It is. Like, it's weird. It's cr- weird. Like eerie. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and and that's the stuff that like you see like Mel Gibson talk about. And then the other thing that Mel Gibson talked about that I found interesting is basically he's suggesting. In that in that clip that we saw, he's basically suggesting that like they're gonna come up with like a controversy to like basically like like discredit you. Yes. And you see that like with all like the anti-establishment people, from Tucker to Mel to Kanye, Andrew Tate, Trump. They are one thing they all have in common is like this controversy that like nobody really buys it. Yeah, you know, like no. a regular person would not buy it. It would it would be like a thing like like the whole Kanye thing. To me, the extent of that is ah yeah, you probably shouldn't have said that. Like whatever or like or like yeah, you're gonna get some people that have pushback about that. But like <laughs> Adidas and like everybody dropping them and being like having his account frozen. Really for that? Like I don't know. That seems excessive. It seems excessive. Same thing. With, so it's like, 
and then you see that there's like so many people that have said so much worse things like basically like certain things that some of these people have said to me that whole shit that Biden said when remember when he talked to Charlemagne and 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 he was like uh if you don't vote for me you ain't black yeah I would but say it's black that, people though it's not Jewish people it's black people right it's black people though you can talk shit about black people. You can't talk shit about certain other people. And so that's like a double. The, to me, that's what was crazy to me. Everybody could get it. Everybody could get it, whether you're right or wrong. But if certain, and that's what Kanye was trying to get at. Yeah. That's really what tr- Kanye was trying to say. Like, I'm going to say shit so y'all could see. I'm going to say certain things about a certain group of people, but then a certain other group of people, you, you got to see how they treat them Yeah, in the sense of like, you could say whatever because it is. For instance, and I give you an example. Yeah. What's funny is like what you just said. It is true. Like everybody like gets at, at they always remember Mel Gibson for oh he said anti semitic oh, yeah. things. He said anti semitic things, right? But but there was a there was a phone uh, a, a a phone recording where he told his <laughs> bitch he was drunk and he the bitch he was with at the time. Yeah. He's like he's like yeah you're out there like a whore in the street. And it's not my fault if you get raped by a pack of niggers. And like, oh, and like they never nobody talk about Nobody canceled that. him like, for that. Yeah, to me, like, that shit, like, actually sounds a lot worse yeah. than the shit he says about Jews. Yes. But, but, but the shit that he says about Jews is like what they keep bringing up. Oh, he yeah. has a, he's, he has anti-Semitic sentiments, yeah. this, that, and the third. Kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, are you part of the club or are you not? And so... And so, so to me, it's like, it's so funny how black people will like crucify Kanye for trying to make them think. But then it's like, well, it's not all black people. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a certain segment. It's a certain segment of people because it, like there was whites that were on that shit. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what kills me though is like when 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 he says certain things about. Jewish people, you lose billion dollar deals. Yeah, you do this, you do that, and it's like nobody defends him. Right. And so to me, like I thought, I thought what he was trying to do, like like anybody, like like a loving person from their community, and it doesn't even have to do with race. It has to do with like like your group of people. That that's different for everybody. Like like when we were five but funny, that was our group of people. Ain't no race in there. It was that shit was United Nations. But he was trying to awaken people. Like, We're not a monolithic group. We think different. We're all individuals. Yeah. So in saying that, yeah, did you come off brash at times? Yes. Is it necessary? Yes. Yes, it's necessary. And so th- that's how you get increments of of like people looking at it as like, you know what? This motherfucker's wild as fuck for saying that, but he's making sense. Yeah. And so that's why people like Kanye are so important. That's why people like Trump are important. That's why people like Andrew Tate are important. Um, people like even Mel Gibson, who 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 now like his ass because he endorsed the the movie. It's like to an extent they're important, and it's like because they they're trying to they're trying to awaken you to certain things. But we are so stuck on like you have to be perfect. Yeah. But like nobody's perfect. No, who is perfect? Nah. Like so, so, so then the media tries to do the whole oh look, 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 grab him by the pussy. Oh look, look, he says shit about Jews. Oh shit, 
look, he's racist. Oh shit. And and like you said, that worked for a while. Doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Being canceled is almost a badge of honor for these guys. It makes them bigger. It makes them stronger. It makes them like kind of look like gods cuz it's like, damn. Survives the cancellation. Yeah. And and it's interesting the rise of so many anti-establishment figures and it starts to make you question what is why is the establishment so bad? Like what is it that they see about the establishment and that is interesting and it's funny how like we naturally gravitate towards those people. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think what we look at from the perspective of like see I think our thought process is we're able to change a lot faster in changing times. And I feel like governments are so big and, and what are what are what is a government like let's just let's just say powers that be, right? But but in this case we'll just say a government. They're so they become so big and so like full of company men that they don't know how to change. Right. So so it, w- w- when they think about change, they look at it like, well, this is getting in the way of the money. Yeah. Like in the power and the money, the power and the money. And so you have a, a certain set of group of people that they look at it from the perspective of power and money. And then you see other groups of people who look at it more fluid in the sense of like times are changing and we need to change with the times because shit is like shit is not working right now. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And so I don't think any change is good, but I think that when 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 times are changing, you have to you have to change your mode of attack. Mm-hmm. This is why Republicans failed versus Trump because this was a guy who came out of nowhere. Yeah. They failed because they this was a guy who was like, "Listen, you motherfuckers ain't got balls." Build the fucking wall. You motherfuckers ain't got balls. What's up with these Muslims in all of Europe? You you motherfuckers ain't got no balls. NATO needs to pay the fuck up. And a lot of that started sounding like, damn, this motherfucker's not going with the status quo. We got to, you know, sidestep certain things. And like, no, this guy just says whatever he feels. Even if he's wrong, he says it how he thinks. And it's like... You don't get that anymore. And so a lot of the people that do, like, what is the number one thing that links all these people that are anti-establishment? What's the number one thing? They're self-made. Yeah. When you're self-made, you don't have to filter yourself. Bitch, I don't give a fuck. Fuck out of here. I built this. So I'm going to say what I feel. It is what it is. Either live with it or don't. Hate me or love me. I'm cool with being... That polarizing, but that's what I'm gonna be, and and it's important. I'm not saying that we're supposed to glorify a motherfucker that's polarizing just to be polarizing or just to say things just for shock value. But what I am saying is that why is it that the self-made people are the ones that are making you think about what's going on, right? Why are the self-made people the ones that are telling you about? Damn, CIA has been up to like weird shit. Feds on like w- like Tucker Carlson and uh, Russell Brand with 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 the with the podcast interview you sent me. Why are they talking about Feds being in January sixth? Why are these two real ass motherfuckers talking about that? Why? 
Like, it's not just yeah, like, like any it, Joe yeah, Schmo. Like on paper, you wouldn't even think these two would be in the same room. And then you tend to you find out in the interview that, like, they're actually, like, friends. Yeah. And so you you start thinking, like, what, this is upside down right now. Like, I don't even know. Um, then then, then uh, Robert, uh, is it uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Yeah. He comes out. Talking about jabs and this shit. This is I've I've looked into this shit, and so then you start realizing this isn't even left and right. No, it, it's becoming it's very much becoming establishment versus anti-establishment. Yeah, that, that is where that is how the zeitgeist is morphing. That yeah. that's where it's going. It, it's not left and right anymore. It's establishment versus anti-establishment. That's that's what what's happening. And you heard it here first, ladies and gents, because like that's the thing. I feel like sometimes now, hearing the left and the right, the left and the right, the left and the right, you're missing a lot. Yeah, it, that, it's that shit is that shit is so 2020. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, it's establishment versus anti-establishment. It's yeah. it's basically like because I and I think. Tucker talks about it uh, uh, a little bit on on the uh, when he gets interviewed by Russell Brand, and he talks about like what this war in Ukraine means, and I feel like the war in Ukraine and the and and the virus those are the two things that really showed that it's not left or right, it's establishment versus anti-establishment. Yeah, you're because right. Because you got people on the right that are for the jab. People on the right that were for lockdowns. People on the right that were for masks. You got people on the right that is that is for the war in Ukraine, for keep giving money to Ukraine, basically for us to start World War Three, yeah. and people on the left for those same things. So, like for instance, you tell me the difference between Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney and and uh uh. Basically, like AOC and Inan Omar on the issue of Trump, it's the same. They're that's the same position. Yeah. They believe in the same thing. Or Lindsey Graham being so pro-Ukraine war. Exactly. Say, like, wait a minute, what? You know, and so you 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 start to see it's like, no, nah, this is this is different. This is different. This is this is quickly becoming establishment versus anti-establishment. Yeah. Now, do you think that that shit? will change because uh, so so I guess it's kind of a two-part question I feel like politics right now and like the the establishment and, and, and the government totally rejected Trump despite him trying to play play the game a bit yeah they were like nah we're gonna we're gonna remain in power, and your ass ain't gonna be president again. And your ass be trying to no, you're trying to take too much control over shit. Get out of here. So, do you feel because that became a thing, like where they're like Trump, let's get him out? Do you think that it'll it'll moving forward, it's gonna become more establishment versus versus anti-establishment, or they're gonna try and focus it more on left versus right? Oh, I mean, maybe they'll try to focus it on left versus right, but that's that. It'll never. It'll. It's not gonna go back. 
it's it'll keep going the trajectory and the 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 establishment versus anti-establishment train will continue because too many people are waking up like too many people like a movie like this that like you know the the whole basis of this episode the sound of freedom yeah doing as good as it's doing um to the point where it's competing with the flash and and you and indiana jones and indiana jones these are big studio big budget movies and it's competing with that now you see already that it's it's going and like you even see like i i don't really like like the maga rap but you even see like like even that's kind of becoming its own thing like every time yeah. like one of those tracks comes out it does real good on itunes yeah i i think that maga rap shit is a little corny though like yeah. i i think like for instance like i would say like good anti-establishment music and at, at the risk of 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 uh sounding egotistical but is like basic like if oh, you listen yeah. to basic that's like a super anti-establishment track and like it, it it's funny because like it also goes against like a lot of this current shit like for instance like uh like there's a line i have in the song where it's like uh 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 this uh this team ain't black this team ain't white see yeah. that team winning that team is mine it's just like yeah it's like it's like a rejection of like all of this like identity politics it's like no it's about merit this is like the shit we're on you know and yeah. and, and in that record there's a lot of like sprinkles of that type of stuff without yeah. being corny because i think like a I think some of that maga rap is like they lay it on too thick. Yes, there has yeah. to be like a a, a a a tasteful subtleness to it. Yeah, you can't make your career out of that. And so when we made the song, we learned from the best. We learned from the Jay Zs. We learned from the Fifty Cents. We're like, when they rap about business shit, they sprinkle it on, but they remember that they're still making a track that's supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be well-written, and it's supposed to be, like, more than just whatever they're on. Yeah, and then also you think about, like, like it's, like... The artistry how much it, can, it too. Like, the, the, like, how consumable it is. Yes, you know? yeah. And, and, that's, and, and that's sort of like cooking. Like, when you're cooking, it's just like, oh, the, well, this person, oh, they like a lot of spice, and this person likes a lot of this, but it's just like... Yeah, but the goal is to make this meal as consumable for as many people as possible. Yes. Not just the guy that likes like a bunch of spice and not just the guy that likes a bunch of this and a guy that likes a bunch of that. It's like, no, it, it should yeah. be as consumable for as many people as possible without compromising the integrity of what you're trying to convey. Yeah, yeah. That's art. That's That's what art is. It's like, it's the subtle flow of like, all right, I'm conveying this, but I have to do it in a certain way. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and so, so yeah, just, you know, I had to do that little plug. Yeah, oh, yeah. Audio Abe's Basic yeah. on all fucking platforms, Spotify, iTunes. Absolutely. We're everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening, so keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.